0: Tezayin, the Parsha talks about the Big De kohuna, the garments of the Kayin, one of which was the me'il, the light blue overcoat that the Kayin wore, and the Pasuk says that it should have an extra hem, uh, reinforcement on the top by the neck, lo yikareya, so it shouldn't tear. So Rashi quotes the words lo yikareya and says, so that it shouldn't tear. And if someone tears it, the, he would transgress a prohibition in love. Then now she continues, because this is one of the 365 lavin prohibitions in the Torah. And similarly, the pasuk, that the chayshin shall not be separated from the ephod. And that the rods of the oren should not be removed from the rings, are also part of the in the prohibitions of Torah. So we have a number of questions here. Number one, when Rashi says that means so that it shouldn't tear, implies that it's a reason. When he says that if you tear it, you're over, you transgress a prohibition, implies that it's a command, not a reason. So the question is, how does Rashi merge two different and seemingly opposite interpretations into the same Pirush into the same explanation. The next question we have on the second part of Rashi is what is Rashi's source in Pshutei Mikra in the basic understandings of the Pasuk that Loyi kareya is a love, is a prohibition the idea of the number of mitzvahs we know from before. For example, where it says in Garti, Rashi says, I kept 613 mitzvahs. So the Ben Chamish le'Mikra knows that there's an idea, uh, a concept of the mitzvahs having a certain amount of numbers. But how do we know that this one, Lo is one of them? And the third question is, Rashi says nothing on Yasuru or Yizach. Only here does Rashi say something. So if there's a question that needs to be answered, for example, how do you have two different Pirushim on the same Pasuk, on the same Pirush, and therefore Rashi has to explain it here, why didn't Rashi explain that already by Laiza and L'Yosuru? And if over there Rashi felt it was self-understood, even to Ibn Hamish Lemikra, and did not need to be explained, what happened here all of a sudden, that Rashi felt the need to explain it. So to, to explain this Rashi, and we're going to journey slowly through this Rashi right now, is as follows. Initially, we approach Yasuru and L'Yizach, that they are a tzivu, not a reason. They are a command, not a reason. And the way we know that is because it doesn't say Sh'el L'Yizach, so that he doesn't uh, separate it. Or Sh'el yasuru. From this we understand that this is a command. Even though it's not said in the directly L'Yisisireim or to the person, nevertheless, it's possible that the Torah is telling us that the person has to make sure that the object, that the thing is kept the way it's supposed to be and not removed or separated. However, in our pasuk it says la with a kamatz under the kuf, with a tere under the resh, which is written as a binyan nifal, an, an an extremely passive construct. Here, there implies that there's more than just a basic uh, uh, command. There must be more to it. Now, in another place where comes with regards to Melacha and Yamtiv, it says, "Lo osa, and Rashi says, "Even through others." So I might have thought that Lo kareya is telling me that it shouldn't be done even by others. But that would imply that when you're talking about um, the other things of Loyasuru and Lo where it doesn't say it as a binyan Nifal that it would be permissible al which just doesn't make any sense. The whole idea of lo yosuru yizach is that it should never be removed. So the, we can't explain lo yikoreya to mean that it can't be done even by others. So Rashi is stuck, so to speak, with why does it say it in, this, in these nekudus, lo and therefore Rashi changes from lo and lo yizach, which are a command, and says here it must be a reason However, since it doesn't say so that it doesn't hear, Rashi implies that there's also a tzivoy, also a command. So it's both. From the fact that it says we know that it's a reason. From the fact that it doesn't say we know that it is a command as well. However, Rashi is still bothered. Why does it say it as a hint? Why doesn't it say the command clearly and explicitly and therefore Rashi continues and says shazami minian <speaking> lavin shivtato <Hebrew> that the loy is coming to tell me that it is one of the 365 prohibitions it's not coming to tell me the easter because the easter the prohibition i already know and therefore it doesn't have to be said explicitly. It's only adding the technical detail that it belongs in the count of 365. How do I know that you're not allowed to tear the big day kahuna? Because it says that they should be worn for honor and glory, and it's not respectable, it's not honorable if it's torn. And therefore it could say it even as a hint because it is only a technical A detail and not an explicit prohibition. Rashi is still bothered. However, there's other times in Torah where the Torah says something in order to add extra lavin, extra prohibitions, and yet still says it explicitly. So the question over here is: even though it's just a technical detail, why not say it clearly? The answer is from the fact that Rashi says sheze miminy lavin and not vize. This would imply that this is a new thing, that number one, if you tear it, you're over a lav, you, you transgress a prohibition. And number two, this is one of the 365. From the fact that Rashi says sheza, because it is one of the minyan lavin, Rashi is telling us that if you tear the B'il, it is, uh, you are over a lav, not because of, the severity of the prohibition. The Pasuk is not telling us that there's extra in here to tell us that this is a more severe prohibition. Rashi is only telling us that the Pasuk is only telling us that there is, that it's counted in the minyan and it's counted in the number, and therefore there's no reason to say it explicitly. In other places it wants to intensify the severity therefore it has to say it explicitly here the only reason why there's a love here is because technically it's in the number and not because of a greater severity this also explains why Rashi doesn't say loike that if someone tears the big dekuna you get malchus Rashi says over verbelav because he doesn't want to emphasize the severity of things he just wants to tell you the technical detail that you get a love here Rashi is still bothered however why? Why add a lav? If they're not adding in a new idea, if there's no extra prohibition, if there's no more severe uh, prohibition here, why make an extra lav? And this is why Rashi introduces La-Yizach and la Both of which we already know from earlier Psukim that they are uh, uh, forbidden. Yet the Torah says it again solely for the purpose of creating a lav out of it. This teaches us that the Pasek holds, the Torah wants to add extra laven, extra prohibitions with regards to things in the Mishkan and Bigdei Kahuna. And therefore, here too, the reason the Torah is telling it to us is only to add extra lav and not to uh, intensify the the severity. And there's actually a halakhic relevance here. Because according to the Rambam, if a person tears Bigdei Kahuna Besides, for the me'il, he only gets malchus if it was torn in a destructive way, because it says leisasun kain that you're not allowed to destroy anything in the base of Mikdash. and therefore, if you do that, you get malchus. However, with regards to the me'il, the Rambam says that you would get malchus even if it wasn't in a destructive way, because it says Yikareya. But according to Rashi, based on the way we're learning here, that Yikareya is not adding an extra pro, uh, extra prohibition it is just telling me to count it in the number of 365 then it would there would be no difference between the me'il and the other big De kahuna and even if it was uh, 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 by the me'il, uh, you would only get malchus if it's that if it's in a destructive way just like the other big De kahuna Finally, we have the Yenash al the wine of Torah, the deeper understanding. And the question is, why does Rashi say before Yasuru if the Pasuk, if in the Torah comes before Yasuru? And the Rebbe explains that it's being said in the order of the Chiddush, in the order of what's a bigger Chiddush. In other words, the fact that you're not allowed to tear the big day Kahuna, that's very simple, it's obvious. Even the fact that you shouldn't separate the chayshan from the ephod. It says in the Apostolos, Hashem should always remember us. So it has to always be there. So it makes sense that it should be there. But the rods and the aren make no sense. They're only needed for carrying. So if you're not carrying, why should they have to be there? And therefore, Rashi is saying that it's the biggest chiddush. And therefore, because it says it's the biggest chiddush, it comes at the end. Not only can you not tear the big dikehunah, not only could you, should you not remove the chayshin from the eifayin, but you should even not remove the rods, the badim from the orin. And it's on the same level as the iser of tearing the big dikehunah. Why not? So the Sefer Rachinuch says we have to be ready at all times. in every moment in case the Ebishah says start traveling or let's bring the Oren to a place that it's needed, the rods have to be there for the ready at any given moment. And from this we have a very powerful lesson and that is as every Yid is an Oren, is a place in which Torah dwells. And a person might think to themselves when I'm learning Torah I have to focus only on my Torah and not on anything else. And therefore comes the lesson that a yid has to constantly be ready if there's another yid who needs toida to be brought to him instead of me saying to myself I have to focus on my toida and I have to be in the Kodesh HaKadoshim and do my thing I have to have the day HaOren ready at any moment that I could bring toida to any yid to another yid and to another yid. And this is how we conquer the world through toida. Not only to intensify our own learning of toida but to bring toida to the furthest corners of the world.